Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to yet another episode of the Good Life Radio Podcast. Tonight, the 28th day of January, 2015, here in snowy, freezing New York City. The phone number, as always, 607-203-5330. As Super Bowl Sunday rapidly approaches us, and the NFL season sadly comes to an end, I wanted to line up a few football shows to embrace football fever that we're all feeling. I can't think of a better or more appropriate way to start off the countdown to the Super Bowl than to have on a former Super Bowl champion. So without further ado, I'm honored, honored to have back on my show, former Dallas Cowboy, former New York Giant, current Baltimore Raven, number 99, the always entertaining, and a good friend of mine, Chris Canty. Chris, thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time tonight, brother. Hey, Mike, Mike, Mike. Mike, Mike, Mike. What's going What's going on, Chris? Guess what, guess what day it is. What, what, what day is it, Chris? Tell everybody. <laughs> Hope day. Yeah. <laughs> what's happening, champ? Chris, what's up, brother? Okay, let me say one thing before we start this interview. Um, in a time where athletes are getting an insane amount of, like, negative press when hot topics such as domestic violence, child abuse, rape, and even murder – seem to label athletes as like thugs or bad influences, I have to say firsthand that you're the definition of a role model. So just tell everybody here about the Chris Canty Foundation and what you guys do because I've seen it firsthand. So tell everybody else about that. Well, Mike, I appreciate the support and the shout-out. The Chris Canty Foundation is dedicated to the total enhancement of the development of youth. Um, You know, we've got programs all throughout the tri-state area focusing on uh, academic programming, mentorship, uh, service and leadership, and so we really just try to develop the young men. We take a, a grassroots approach in how we do things, and we try to develop young boys and young girls uh, so you know so that they grow up and <clears throat> they understand that they have opportunities. Uh, and we try to make sure that we can plug them in so where they can understand uh, what it takes to to be successful uh, in life. So um, just really thankful for the platform to be able to do that. Um, you know, being a, a member of Baltimore Ravens International Football League. It's a tremendous opportunity to affect positive change in my community. So uh, I just feel like uh, so many people have been integral in my success, and, and me getting to this point, I, I feel the need to pay it forward. You know, it's funny because it sucks that it doesn't make the newspaper because no one's going to rush to the newsstand to buy a paper that says, Chris Canty <laughs> gives back to the community. No, it's true. And I'll say this before we start the interview. I go to George Washington High School every year, I help out the camp, the football mm-hmm. camp. People don't know. I appreciate you guys, that. You get, no, you get all your all former players. You guys do two days. It's in the heat, on the turf. You run drills. And the thing that impresses me most is when the camp's over, I remember last year we went out one night. We had to go to camp early the next morning. Everyone was hurting. The camp was over. You, all the players you brought, none of you guys ate anything or drank anything, and you sat there and you signed every autograph and took pictures with everybody. I thought that's just... It, it sucks it'll never make the paper, but that's just crazy what you guys do. And it just seeing that just gives so much like hope that there's so many good athletes that I think you guys get such a bad name, you know? Yeah, you know, I, and there are a lot of great guys out there doing a lot of great things. It's unfortunate. It's the times we live in where bad news is what travels fast. But, um, you know, I'm thankful for the support I get from you and from the other players um, around the National Football League and some former college football teammates of mine. 
um, to come out here and really make an impact on these kids' lives because they appreciate it, their parents appreciate it, and ultimately their communities appreciate it. So um, I'm just thankful to have that opportunity, as are uh, I know a lot of the guys <clears throat> that do a lot of great things um, uh, around um, around the country uh, as members of the National Football League. I can promise you the guys don't do it for headlines. Guys do it uh, to make a difference. So, uh, you know, it's, you, you know, you wish you'd get a little more recognition for those guys uh, so they can get more support, uh, so they can garner more support. But it is what it is. Chris, last time we spoke on the air, you were a member of the New York Giants. What happened? Why'd they mm-hmm. cut you? Uh, really, is a salary cap issue. I mean, in the salary cap era, when you have a big contract, you know, they, they're always looking uh, to get younger, cheaper. That's just the nature of the business that you're in. And um, the year that I was, um, you know, coming up, it was my fifth year on a six-year deal. And as you get toward the back of those deals, uh, those numbers get a little bit higher and higher. And so <laughs> uh, the, Giants, the Giants didn't necessarily see the value in my play, uh, and so they decided to move on. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been a situation where I was able to go to another franchise that has a tradition of excellence, a tradition of winning, which is the Baltimore Ravens. Um, and it's been a great two years there thus far. Now, obviously, you landed on your feet. I always wanted to know this, and I always ask a few different athletes. You played on three different teams. What's the difference between being a Cowboy, being a Raven, and being a Giant? The fan base and just the whole everything. What's the difference between those three teams as a player? Well, I, w- I would definitely say playing for the Cowboys and playing for the New York Giants is, is more more like the same than they are different. Um, I remember when I went on my pre-draft visit uh, to Dallas and uh, Jerry Jones was telling me, you know, if you're going to play football, you might as well play on Broadway, and playing for the Dallas Cowboys is like playing on Broadway. <laughs> and that was <laughs> a little bit of irony in that and the foreshadowing that I would actually come up here and play on Broadway uh, for the New York Giants. But um, it's more the same than they are different, obviously, big major markets, big cities, um, you know, and so uh, two of the flagship franchises of the National Football League. So um, definitely, definitely tremendous opportunities, great player for both organizations. And then I have the opportunity Chris, to go play yeah. for Baltimore, which is uh, more of a blue-collar type of town, and it's more mm-hmm. of a, a lunch pail type of approach to everything that we do and really – um, the team kind of, in, in a lot of ways, personifies the town um, in the sense that, uh, you know, we take on their personality, their identity. Um, we're tough, physical. It's not flashy, um, you know, but we're able to outwork people. We're able to out-hit people, and that's been our calling card and why we've been able to be so successful down there. Was it difficult watching the AFC Championship game knowing you guys were so close to playing in it? Do you watch it? <laughs> I watched it. I watched it. I'm, I'm not just a player. I'm a fan. So, um, yeah, I, I actually tuned in and watched the AFC Championship game. And, um, you know, New England was, you know, put together a dominant performance. Uh, they put together oh, a dominant they? performance. Yeah, they did. They did. You know, and, and here's the thing. Uh, you know, we said it before our game in Foxborough, you know, <laughs> we said that this is the AFC Championship. <laughs> I mean, we kind of we figured that it would be, you know, it would you know, out of the field of teams that was less than our conference that, uh, you know, the, the the winner of our game was ultimately going to go to the Super Bowl and we were proved right. Unfortunately, we were just on the wrong side of things. It killed me. I thought I was going to get to go to another Super Bowl. Listen, Chris, you were all over the news, trending on Twitter, everything about the comments you made about the Patriots. You made mm-hmm. two comments that got people, I guess, up in arms, but everyone agreed with you on Twitter and stuff. 
One, you compared it to PEDs, Deflategate. What, what do you mean by that? Explain that. Well, I use the, the, use the PED analogy in terms of the integrity of the game. Um, mm-hmm. Anytime you start, you know, you know, performance-enhancing drugs definitely challenges the integrity of the game, uh, you, and you can't quantify its effect or its impact that it has on the game. And in much the same way, um, deflating the footballs, um, it, it, it provides a competitive advantage outside of the rule book. And, again, you're in a situation where you're challenging the integrity of the game and you cannot quantify its effect or its impact. You had a great line that the mainstream media didn't pick up, but it was a Charlie Murphy line that you called the, the Patriots habitual line steppers. <laughs> I hear the line, I crack up, and you know what's funny? The young, like all the young guys thought it was the greatest line ever, and yet ESPN, Pro Football Talk, they put it up there, and they, I'm like, it's a Charlie Murphy reference. No one understood how great that line was. They killed me. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad y'all, I'm glad y'all like it. You gotta have a sense of humor about some things. I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, um, you know, their track record is what it is. I think in this situation, you can't dismiss their past. Uh, they don't mm-hmm. get the benefit of the doubt, and I don't think that Mr. Wells will do that during the course of his investigation for the league. So you have to let things run its course, and and we'll we'll eventually see what happens. Okay, a little more simple talk. Media day. What do you think about Marshawn Lynch? Does he get a bad rap, or is he just being a pain in the ass by not answering the questions, repeating it over and over? What's your opinion on it? Because you go on social media, ESPN Radio, WFAN, and it's split 50-50. People think he's a jerk, and people are like, well, if he doesn't want to talk, why should he have to talk? What's your opinion on Marshawn Lynch? Well, that's the great thing about this country. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Everybody's entitled to free speech. Uh, from, from the athlete's perspective, from being a member of the National Football League, uh, our job is to try to perform at our best. And also a part of that job description is to make ourselves available uh, to the media. Now, in that same breath, we have to understand that when they ask questions, uh, we're entitled to give our opinion and our responses, our, our opinion or our perspective or, you know, from that, from, from, uh, you know, I, I think the understanding of the general public, you know, they, they, they've got to get point that, you know, we write the narrative. The media is just a conduit for us to speak to our fans. And so if that's how he chooses to portray himself and that's, mm-hmm. the, message that he cho- that's the message that he chooses to send the fans, then that's, that's his business. He's entitled to that. And, you know, it sucks because a lot of the Seahawks come out, the younger guys are saying that he's a father figure in that clubhouse. They look up to him, but, again, the media doesn't portray that. Um, what well, is- well, here's the thing. Here's the thing yeah. about that, and I'll speak to that. Uh, you know, and I'm not going to be accusatory of all members of the media, um, but there are some members of the media that uh, their line of questioning is leading, and, and they mm-hmm. do that in an attempt to trap players into saying something that could be inflammatory. Um, something that could be uh, construed as uh, bulletin board material. And, and, and in an effort to circumvent that, there are some players that just uh, try to avoid the media altogether. And I'm not saying uh-huh. that this is, a, this is what Marshawn Lynch is doing because I, I, I haven't spoken to him. I can't speak to that. But I can say that there are some players that avoid the media because they don't want to step into those pitfalls, those traps, uh, in essence, that some members of the media might, might lay out there for them. So. That's another side of it. What does Chris Canty do in the Super Bowl? Are you having a party? What do you do in the Super Bowl? 
Well, it's funny that you asked. Um, a good friend of mine, Margaret Purvis, she's the director of the food bank, and she's putting together an event called Super Bowl, um, <clears throat> which is going to be in uh, uh, at one of the uh, soup kitchens in Harlem. Uh, and so uh, I'm definitely going out there to support that event. They're going to feed the kids and feed um, some of the members of our community that are less fortunate. So uh, I'm going to go out there and, and talk a little ball and help out with that event. So it's always going to be a good time. So that's what I'll be doing for the Super Bowl. I'm here interviewing Baltimore Raven Chris Canty. Chris, finish this sentence for me. Opening day of the 2015 NFL season, Chris Canty will be doing what? <laughs> oh boy, that's the uh, that's the million dollar question. I, I you know, at this yeah, point, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to take some time and, and think about my my future. Uh, think about football. Right now, I'm currently under contract with the Baltimore Ravens for one more season, um, and, and so we'll kind of have to see how that plays out. I, I'm I'm non-committal right now. <laughs> Chris, obviously, I'm alluding to a possible retirement, and. There have been books, documentaries, numerous stories of the struggles of former NFL players who are now retired, from addiction to painkillers, concussions, financial problems. Does any of that concern you, worry you, or is that in the back of your mind helping you make a decision of a lot of what the, these retired NFL players go through? Uh, well, physical health is always at the forefront of things, uh, so you, you're concerned about that. Uh, but also just the, the adjustment from – not being able to compete uh, in sport. And that, that's, the, that's one thing that's really tough. A lot of guys say they miss the opportunity to compete on Sundays and they have to find a way to fulfill, to fill that void. Some other guys have, have talked about missing the locker room and that camaraderie and trying to find different avenues to, to fill that void. So those are things that I think about. Um, those are things that, you know, you try to – Find ways, creative ways, to make sure that you can fill those voids, those 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 you know, those spots that that, that uh, football kind of steps in for. But um, you know, there's a lot of the other things I don't really worry about. You know, you just talk about finances and things of that nature. Those are things that you're cognizant of throughout the course of your career, and you try to do your best to take care of your money. And uh, you know, and, mo- and for the most part, the education that the NFL provides for a lot of guys has done a great job of of uh, making this next generation of, of athletes uh, more well-prepared and well-adjusted for uh, life away from the game in that regard. And, Chris, I've been at your house before. I know the Giants contract. I don't think the financial issue is, uh, is going to be an issue for you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, a couple more things. What are some possibilities of post-retirement plans? You're all over TV all the time. You host TV shows. You're on the radio. Is that something you would possibly want to do? Whenever retirement well, does happen. A, well, I would love to. I would love the opportunity to do that to to talk about football um, on television, provide color, provide analysis. Uh, also, have an opportunity to do it on a radio platform. So, if the opportunity presents itself, the right opportunity, then I will. You know, I will try to take advantage of it. If not, there are other things. You know, coaching is is, is crossed my path, and uh, you know, being an entrepreneur as well. So there there are a lot of different avenues that I could go with this thing. You know, we'll just kind of have to see 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 where it goes as far uh, as yeah, the right fit for me is. In, in New York for the last 25 years, Mike and the Mad Dog, so it's Mike Francesa and Chris Russo have the biggest show. So Mike and mm-hmm. Mike Spasnik and Chris Canty will have the next show. I'll, I'll contact you. <laughs> there you go. I like, <laughs> you speaking it, I like you speaking it into existence. There you go. Of course. All right, Chris, a couple more things. 
this year, quick hit and run questions. Who wins the Super Bowl this year, Patriots or Seahawks? Seattle Seahawks. It's too much Marshawn Lynch. It's too much Seattle Seahawks defensive line combined with that secondary. It's going to be tough sledding for the Patriots. Jameis Winston, will he be a good pro? It depends on where he goes. Depends on where he okay. goes. Depends on the organization that gets him. Who puts their hands on him first? He's got the potential to be an all-pro, all-pro player, uh, but potential just means you haven't done anything yet. Ray Rice, Adrian Peterson, all over the news. Where do they play next year? If they do play, do you see them both playing in the league, and do you see a, maybe a landing spot for both of them? Well, certainly I think uh, Adrian Peterson uh, will play. I think he'll remain a Minnesota Viking. Uh, okay. As far as Ray Rice is concerned, I think I do think he will get another opportunity in the National Football League. I, I can't be sure as to where, but I can promise you it will be an established coaching staff uh, and an established locker room uh, that can handle um, the, the quote-unquote distraction that will come along with signing it. Oh, it's, yeah, it will be a media circus, of course. Yeah. Okay, Chris, two other things I want to hit you with. And one, you gradu- you went to the University of Virginia. I was down there over 50 times. I named that Little John. <laughs> The Little John Sandwich Place more than life, man. I love that place. And the Belmore. Oh, yeah, great place. Listen, you bleed orange. Are you beyond stoked that you guys are undefeated, college basketball, that you're the number two ranked team in the country? Are you following it, and are you going crazy with the Cavaliers this year? Yeah, I'm really excited about it. And uh, I was excited about our team last year. Made it to the Sweet 16. I was actually at the game in Madison Square Garden when we lost to the Michigan State Spartans. But, uh, this year, I couldn't be more proud of Tony, Coach Tony Bennett and the group of guys they've got down there. I'm actually headed down to Charlottesville uh, the weekend of uh, February 6th. They've got a game against Louisville on the 7th. So it'll be my first time inside of John Paul Jones Arena. Uh, really looking forward to the atmosphere and, and looking forward to our guys getting after it and pulling out a big win against the conference opponent. And I'm glad you brought up Louisville. I'm the biggest. University of Kentucky fan. I'm actually leaving Friday. I, I, I know you are. <laughs> it, it has to bother you that you know that your team has no shot competing against Kentucky, and I pray, just because Justin and I have been fighting for years, I'm praying that we meet in a championship game, just because it can possibly end Justin and I's friendship. How good is Kentucky this year, and do you realistically see that any team can possibly beat them in the tournament? Well, here's the thing. Kentucky, talent-wise, you know, they're 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 <laughs> – their five on the bench can beat your starting five. I mean, they're a tremendously talented <laughs> basketball team. Uh, Coach Cal, you know, every year he just reloads. Uh, that being said, um, you know, any team uh, on any given day has an opportunity to win, um, especially at that level. And uh, when you start talking about tournament play, there are teams that you don't, you're not accustomed to seeing. Um, and, and so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm leery about saying Kentucky can go wire to wire undefeated. Certainly they have the talent to do so. Um, but if they have an off night and, uh, and another team is playing really well, you know, anything can happen. Chris, he won't call in, but we have to finish up with this. There's two things I want to hit you with, but everyone talks about Labor Day. The whole year, Labor Day partying with thoughts of the beach, mm-hmm. boats, barbecuing, yachts, hanging out. Yet you and I, let me let the audience know, Chris and I share the same best friend, unfortunately. So Labor Day, everyone wants to be down the shore in the Hamptons. You and I will have different plans on Labor Day. You and I will be heading out to Montana for the wedding of our best friend. Is he the most, he, was, he told me the whole day, I'm going to call in, I'm calling in. Is he the most selfish human being in the world to have 
a wedding on Labor Day in Montana? How, how selfish you know what? And, and I was and I was with you a couple of weeks ago when you tweeted that to me. Uh, but you know what? I'm, I'm changing my perspective. You know, I'm, I'm trying to be a glass half full kind of guy. So I'm actually <laughs> thankful that Justin invited me to his wedding because it's probably the only time that I'm going to be going to Montana. So it'll give me, a, it'll give me an opportunity to see another part of the country that I probably otherwise would. Chris, listen, he tells me, I'm going to get you off the phone in one second, and again, I appreciate you talking to me. He tells me I got engaged. I said, oh, where's the wedding going to be? He's like, realistically, it's either going to be a destination wedding or it's going to be you know, on an island or in New York or Washington. I'm like, those are three great options. I opened up the yeah. invitation, and it says Montana. I said, you son of a bitch. How stupid well, well, is he? tell anybody. Well, well, listen, Mike, you know, some guys run their house, and some guys run around the house, and we ultimately know which guy Justin is going to be. <laughs> I love it. Okay, Chris, are you coming to the bachelor party? Uh, I'm going to try to make the bachelor party. I am. I am. Okay, Chris, I'd be remiss if I didn't. Yeah, you'll be there. Why <laughs> haven't I... <laughs> Listen, listen, why haven't I taken a picture with your Super Bowl ring? It, it's bothering me now. Because after you win the check, let me tell you about it real quick, and I'm going to get you off. I go to the Super Bowl when Chris played in Indianapolis against the Patriots. They win the game. Chris was gracious enough to give me the backstage pass. I'm hanging out with all the Giants. We're partying the whole night. He promises me that night, when I get a Super Bowl ring, you can take a picture with it. Chris, why haven't I taken a picture with the Super Bowl ring? It's, it's bothering me a little bit. Oh, man. You know what? I, you know what? I guess we we got to get that done, dude. I guess the next time you come by the house, we got to get a picture with you. Right, listen, can you bring it to the, can you bring it to the wedding? Because I'm just going to tell – I'm working out every day now doing two days. I'm just going to tell Chick I'm Steve Weatherford. I'm all jacked up now. I'm just going to show them the ring. If if I can't get a girl in Montana with a Super Bowl ring, I can get a good game. <laughs> you know, I'm not too sure that the bride is going to be happy if I show her ring up with my Super Bowl ring. So I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay on Paige's good side. And not bring it to my family. You know where I'm at. You got to come by the house. I'll let you take a picture with you. All right, well, Chris, let's go on action. I'll bring it to the camp. I might bring it to the camp. I'll bring it to the football camp so the kids can see it. That's fair. That's fair. There you go. What does Chris, who's NFL, just the last two questions. Your football career is winding down. What does Chris Canty now, the NFL veteran, say to Chris Canty at the University of Virginia? If you can go back, what's one piece of advice you can give him? Oh, man, I I tell you, if I could go back and and give myself one piece of advice, I would have came out of school early. I would have left school early. Yeah, I would have left school early. I I thought the NFL was something that it wasn't. I honestly thought the NFL was a place that I didn't belong. I thought all the guys walked around with (laughs) Superman capes on, and it was just something that it wasn't. And, you know, if I could go back now, I would tell myself, go ahead and leave school uh, early. I had my college degree at the time. Um, mm-hmm. I could I could have left school with my college degree uh, rather than coming back for my fifth year. Obviously, my fifth year, I, I suffered a horrific knee injury. Mm-hmm. And so if I could have given myself advice, I would have told, told, told the young Chris Cannon, you're ready, uh, make the step and, and go to the NFL. Chris, listen to me. I've been texting with Jeremy all the time. We're going to set something up, hopefully get together. I really want to see you before the wedding. And I'm going to have 210 race, he's coming on, I'm having a few of the guests. I'm going to harass you because you have to get me a guest. I don't care who it is. I want a pretty mm, – I don't want an A player. You get me a B-list player within the next week or two. Is that a deal? I'll work on it, brother. I can't make any promises, but I'm going to work on it for you. <laughs> 
Chris, listen to me, bro. I will see you soon. Thank you so much for calling in. Have a great night, brother. All right, you too. Thanks for having me on. Bye, brother. Always, Chris, always. Thank you. Another great interview with Chris Canty. I said it early in the show. He's the definition of a role model. The camps he does, there's 500 kids there. There's, we'll say, 500 kids. He goes station to station, each kid individually, from kids as young as seven up to 15. At the end of the, you have to understand, it was 100 degrees. He and all the players he brought, he brought two Ken Raiders, the British Joe Ferguson, all these other players. JPP was there two years ago. They took pictures, sweating, dying, no one ate with every single person. They signed every jersey, cleat, picture. It was, it's fascinating to see. I'm trying to do a show tomorrow night, but I'm heading to Kentucky. I will be linking out. I am doing the show with my idol. Growing up, as Chris alluded to, I was the biggest, and I still am, Biggest Kentucky fan of all time. I live and die with them. <clears throat> Sadly, I've, relationships have ended because of the University of Kentucky. That's not a lie. It's not something to even be proud of. But I've broken up with amazing people. And amazing people have broken up with me because of my love for Kentucky. My favorite player growing up was Cameron Mills, the great number 21. Member of the 1998 team. He's been on the podcast before. And Saturday morning, I guess it's a dream of mine. He has a crazy, crazy highly rated show down in Kentucky, and I will be co-hosting with him from 10 to 12. I will link it out on my Twitter account, at Mike Sappho, M-I-K-E-S-A-F-O, and I'll be hosting the Kentucky show with him. And I'm going to see if I can link it up with this show because he's giving me a private tour of Rupp. I'm going to be shooting one-on-one with my idol. It's just... You can't beat it. Well, anyone, thank you, everyone, for listening. On the bottom of the screen, I have a lot of listeners right now. And I know people keep calling in, but I don't, you know, I don't want to put calls on because last time I had on Matt Schaub, people found the fondue set in my apartment, and they asked him 20 fondue questions. So I don't just randomly take calls anymore. But anyway, thank you for listening. Everyone have a good night. Thank you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.